0: Chapter two, verse one, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Paul urges Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, we can't live this Christian life in self. It must be lived by the grace of God. Then he tells him to pass on to other faithful men the things he had taught him so that they could in turn pass it on to other faithful men from generation to generation. The Christian church is dependent on an unbroken chain of faithful teachers of truth. Look at verse three. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that war entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be. A soldier. Paul instructs Timothy to endure hardness, which means to suffer hardness as Paul was suffering. And he was to stay focused, keeping his priorities straight. His first priority was to fulfill God's purpose for his life. He was not to allow anything to sidetrack him from the faith. Listen, every believer must establish his or her priorities. God's business should always be first. And everything else secondary. And as a soldier in God's army, we must do whatever it takes to please our heavenly father at any cost. God is looking for soul out soldiers. Hallelujah to the lamb of God. He's looking for soul out soldiers. All right. Look at verse five. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Now, here Paul is comparing the Christian to an athlete. First of all, it should be the goal of every Christian to win. We are in this race to win. Our desires should be to win and to do everything that it takes to be a winner. Secondly, every Christian must strive or contend lawfully. In other words, we have to play by the rules. There are no shortcuts toward living the Christian life. God gave us 66 books, and each one of them are very important. We ought to study the whole Bible and know it. Listen, an athlete can't cut the corner of a racetrack. Neither can a baseball player run by the third base without touching it. He has to touch all the bases to score. By the same token, if we are to win this race that we are in, we can't do it by taking shortcuts. All right. Look at verse six. The husbandman that laboreth must first be partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say. And the Lord give the understanding in all things. Now, to represent the Christian life, Paul has used the picture of the soldier and of the athlete. And now he uses the picture of the farmer. He shows here that the farmer who labors is worthy of being partaker of the fruits. A Christian who truly labors for God in this life is worthy of the rewards he shall receive. Listen, I want you to know that nothing from nothing leaves nothing. If you labor for God fervently, you will reap rewards from God in this life and in the life to come. The soldier is upheld by the thought of final victory. The athlete is upheld by the vision of the crown. And the farmer or the husbandman is upheld by the hope of the harvest. Each submits to the discipline and the tall for the sake of the glory which shall be. So it is. So it is with the christians verse number eight remember that jesus christ of the seed of david was raised from the dead according to my gospel the correct rendering is this remember jesus christ remember jesus christ paul had already reminded timothy of his godly upbringing he showed him three pictures or examples in comparison to the christian life then he caps it off with telling timothy to to remember jesus he tells Timothy to remember Jesus Christ in the light of him being born of the seed of David. What was he telling Timothy here? What he was telling Timothy here in a nutshell was this. We have with us the presence not only of the glorified Christ, but also of the Christ who knew the desperate struggle of being a man and followed to the bitter end the will of of God, Then he tells Timothy to remember Jesus as the risen Lord. Not just the actual resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the risen and ever-present Lord. When fears threaten, when doubts comes, remember the presence of the risen Lord. Look at verse number 9. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Oh, I like that. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, even though Paul was suffering in prison, being treated like a criminal for the faith, he was not discouraged. He was not dismayed. He was not down and out. He was not discouraged. In fact, he was very much encouraged because even though he was bound, the good word of God wasn't. Nothing can bind the word of God. Paul says in light of this, that he didn't mind suffering in doing all things for the elect's sakes. His joy, whether free or in bonds, was to see the saints of God endure until the end. He wanted every child of God to finish the race as a winner. Look at the heart of this man of God. Verse number 11. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Then he goes on to say in verse 14. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit but to the subverting of the hearers. Listen, Paul instructs Timothy to remind the people of the things he wrote to this part. Then he tells him to charge them before the Lord, not to argue over words that does not profit. We ought to speak only the things that edify the hearers. All right, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, another translation says it like this. Put out every effort to present yourself to God as one who has stood the test, as a workman who has no need to be ashamed, as one who rightly handles the word of truth. Paul urges Timothy to present himself as a real teacher of truth to God before the false teachers. He was to be a diligent student of the word of God so that he would be able to handle rightly the word of God. In order for him to rightly or divide the word, he first had to be skilled in God's word. The student of God's word must understand that the word of God is one great bundle of truth and that it has certain right Divisions. The Bible is built according uh, to a certain law and structure, which must be observed and obeyed as you go through the Word of God. You just can't lift out a verse here and a verse there and choose to ignore a passage here and a passage there. The Bible is not that kind of book. You have to eat the whole loaf. This is the reason I strongly believe that the Bible should be taught in its entirety. I realize that a lot of folks love to hear sermons, but the most effective way to truly understanding God's word from Genesis to Revelation is expository studies and teachings of the word of God. Listen, expository studies and teachings are not very popular to a lot of saints, and it shows because many of God's people have been saved for years and still can't rightly divide the word of God. Expository studies is studying the word a book at a time, covering chapter by chapter, verse by verse, studying each book in the context in which it was written and understanding the applications that must be applied to our lives. Expository teaching is what I'm doing right now, going book by book, verse by verse, teaching each book in the context in which it was written and applying what is Applicable for the church today. You cannot learn how to rightly divide the word of God just on sermons. You must study God's word in its entirety. You must know Genesis through Revelation in order to be able to completely rightly divide God's word. All right? We ought to continue till the day we die to be diligent students of God's word. Hallelujah. Look at verse 16. But shun profane and vain blabbers, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doeth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the fate of some. Now, Paul instructs Timothy here to stay away from sayings and teachings that were that was in contrary to the word of God. Why? Because it would lead to more ungodliness. Listen, it is imperative that every child of God get rooted and grounded in the word. Hermenius and Philetus was teaching that the first resurrection had already come and gone. That was a very dangerous, disturbing, false teaching. They shook up the fate of some. They were teaching against our hope. Our hope is that the church will be caught up in the first resurrection to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And to teach that this resurrection had already come and gone means that we have missed the rapture. This false teaching shook the fate of some because they were not rooted and grounded in the word. We can't just depend on a sermon every Sunday morning. We must study and we must know the word of God for ourselves. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, Paul instructs Timothy that the only foundation that is right is the foundation of God. Stick with the truth. Don't allow any false teacher or false teachings to sway you off of the foundation of God. The foundation of God is solid it stands sure. It is unbeatable and it is unmatchable. The Lord knows every one of his children by the seal. What seal? The seal is the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed until the day of redemption. The Bible says that he that had not the spirit of God is none of his. When God looks upon us, he sees his spirit, his seal, his mark of ownership and says, she is mine. He is mine. Then he goes on to say, Let everyone that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, how does a believer advertise the fact or make known that he is a child of God? Hmm? We do it by departing from iniquity. When we separate ourselves from evil, and unto God, the world recognizes that we are different because we don't do the things that they do. And we do only the things that pleases our Heavenly Father. I right, look at verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now here Paul explains the existence of uh, Herminius and Philetus being in the church. Paul's reply is this, that in any great house there are all kinds of utensils and so on. There are things in every house that have uh, a, a dishonorable use and things which have An honorable use. You find the same scenario in the churches today. Jesus made it plain with the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. The part of this parable is that the wheat and the tares grow together and in the early stages look alike. Which makes it impossible to separate them. But in the end, God's judgment will make the necessary separations. But in the meantime, every believer is to examine himself and see to it that he is always fit for the master's use at all times. Don't worry about what the tares, the unbelievers who appears to be believers, are doing. Just keep yourself right before God, being always ready to be used by God for every good work. He has purpose for you to accomplish for him. Look at verse 22. Flee also you for lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patience in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and they that may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will now this is a practical advice for every Christian leader and teacher of God's word he must first flee from you for lust. Now, what are euphalus? Euphalus goes beyond the passions of the flesh. It includes being impatient, self-assertion, which is to to be intolerant in its opinions and arrogant in its expression of them. One who have not yet learned to see the good of of, an of view other than its own. Youth for lust also consists of the love of argumentation. Paul told Timothy to flee these things. Instead, as a leader and teacher, aim at righteousness of faith, which means loyalty and reliability, which both comes from that trust in God. At love, which always seek the best for others, regardless of how they treat us, which looks beyond the faults of others and holds no grudges in the heart. At peace, which is the right relationship of love and fellowship with God and with men. And all these things are to be sought in the company of those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Paul then tells Timothy to to avoid, to shun, to stay away from foolish and unedifying questions because they lead to strife. Timothy was not to be confrontational, but he was to be gentle, kind to all. Every leader must be able to teach and his teachings must be backed by action on his part any preacher or leader that says don't do as i do but as i say only is not fit to leave you can't just talk the talk you got to walk the walk he is to be patient which is highly disciplined one who does not throw stone for stone. Then he is to instruct his opponents in gentleness, in meekness, just like the hand of a surgeon seeks to find the diseased spot without causing unnecessary pain. So must every leader and teacher love men and operate in the same manner spiritually, instead of trying to beat folks into submission to the truth. And if we do it in this manner, We have a better chance of winning them over to Jesus Christ.